Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have an exciting duel again, the third duel of the Audit Duel series. I have as my guest, Nicola Oshinaike. She's the founder of Audit Data Hub, and she's not afraid to challenge the status quo. And I have as my guest as well, Jamie Ontiveros, founder of CPE.io and co-founder of C-Risk Academy. Welcome both to the podcast. It's a pleasure to have you both on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Great to be here. Absolutely. And you guys are going to be discussing the topic about CPEs, which I know a lot of people are very, very passionate about this topic. And the question is, do they lead to new skills? Oshinaike, you have the proposition that they don't. So I will let you expand on that in just a few seconds here. Just for the benefit of the audience here, just so they understand, uh, Nicola will go first. She will have three minutes for her opening statement. Jamie will have three minutes for his opening statement. And then Nicola will have three minutes for her response three minutes for Jamie to respond, and then two minutes for Nicola to make her closing remarks, and then two minutes for Jamie to make his closing remarks. So with that said, I will start with Nicola on the topic of CPEs. Your time starts now. Thank you. So if you think about the general definition of CPE, the aim of it is to de develop new knowledge, skills, and competencies. But if you look at the constant surveys about the gaps that we have in terms of skills for um, internal audit profession, tech, ESG, and those kind of evolving topics seem to be the ones that we have less skill in because we're covering it less. Um, I think there's been some recent um, coverage about um, a misalignment between the risks that audit are actually covering and high level risk. So digital disruption, recruitment and retention and geopolitical risk are all things that we're not covering. Again, suggesting that the CPE process is not leading to developing those skills to cover those areas. Um, another reason I think um, the current CPE process isn't working is that it seems to encourage knowledge rather than demonstrated skills. So if you think about knowledge, that's about getting information, sitting in a webinar, um, reading a book, but skills takes practice, it takes feedback, and it takes more practice. And if you think about, um, I can be knowledgeable about a sport, about football, but I don't have the skill in it unless I pick up the ball and I play it. And I think that's the difference. The, the way that the CPE points are set out, it encourages us to get points in passive activities. So webinars, even going to training courses is all useful knowledge, but unless you apply it, it doesn't necessarily turn into skills. Um, and I think another area is, it may be a little controversial, so forgive me, John. I think learning, not learning new skills is perceived as acceptable. If you look at the ongoing corporate governance scandals, no internal auditors are getting in trouble. So we've got Wirecard. We had a very big scandal called Carillion in the UK. We've got the big scandal with FTX Crypto. You know, there's lots of discussion about were auditors involved and what they did and all of that. But it's quite clear that our current way of working, the status quo is acceptable. 
So you can be an internal auditor, you can qualify, and you can quite happily learn no new skills than the ones that you learned when you qualified and still get a job and still be fairly successful. So I, I believe that not learning new skills is perceived as acceptable. Just one last quick point. I think for some people, upskilling is hard. And if they don't see the obvious career benefits, you know, the effort versus the payoff, that may be discouraging people. Jamie, the floor is yours for your opening statement. Thank you so much. Um, I, too, uh, tried to research uh, the definition of CPE. Um, and there's a lot of really bad definitions out there today, especially if you look outside of, you know, the accounting and, and audit profession, um, which, can, which I believe can also lead to uh, some, some confusion out there. Um, it took some research, and I actually did this as part of a thesis statement a few years ago. The earliest definition that I found that really seemed to get to the uh, to the the spirit of of CPE was in a, in a academic article that I, that dates back to like 1980, and and really that definition is around any purposeful, systematic, or sustained effort conducted by professionals to update and expand the proficiency, knowledge, skills and attitudes necessary to effectively discharge their occupational roles. That one to me seemed both aspirational and visionary for the time. Fast forward, the world's got a lot more complex and as so has the technology. Skills in data analysts, which Nicola is an expert in, skills that are needed to conduct uh, internal auditing has only grown uh, with the complexities of our industries and our business. So having been a partner to CPE training providers for the past 10 years, my focus has been on ensuring the right modality is used with the, with the training material itself. Um, so for technical skills development, I would agree. I think webinars or passive listening is not the right modality for developing technical skills. Conversely, on-demand, um, you know, video or audio-based um, based training can can help bridge that gap. So you can rewind, you know, if you miss something or go back in and listen and rewatch it and, and re-emphasize points that you maybe missed the first first time. So for me, it's it's about, it's a half class full. I take an optimistic approach to CPE and making sure that that the content and the delivery method is aligned to better enable auditors to uh, to develop new skills. Your response, Nicola? Um, so I agree there are different mechanisms of learning that are helpful to develop new skills. Um, I think it's useful to maybe learn from other professions. So if you think about the medical profession or perhaps teachers, um, they have the benefit of instant customer feedback. So if you're a teacher and you're not keeping up your skills, your students are failing. Or if you're a medical professional, it might sound morbid, but you, you're going to have people dying or complaining. And I think with auditors, we don't have that instant customer feedback. And I think the reality is if the audit team is maybe average, a lot of um, customers are too scared to get rid of them altogether. So what they're doing is reducing the budget and just keeping them at a small size so they can tick a box and say, we have a team. And I think there is a motivation to actually upskilling. And maybe for some people, if you're not looking in the right way, it looks like you're safe and not learning new skills doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to lose your job. 
Um, I think if you, again, learning from other professions, IT developers, um, I don't, I don't, from my understanding, um, they don't require CPE points. They are motivated to learn because they fear unemployment. So the reality is that's a profession that has no CPE requirement, yet the people that are in that profession know if you don't upskill and you don't learn new coding languages and you don't keep up with the cloud and you don't keep up with big data, et cetera, if you get made redundant in your current role, you're going to struggle to move on and get another job. So the market forces are pushing those individuals to actually upskill with demonstrated new skills, not just knowledge. Um, I think the IAA is missing a trick. Um, if you look at the way that they actually audit our CPE points, they're auditing us having completed it. There is no audit of it being effective or of it leading to new skills. And I did have a quick look and there isn't any mandatory CPE which aligns to the competency framework either. So there are identified competencies that we need, data analytics, IT, but there is no requirement for us to actually demonstrate learning and skills through our CPE points in those very items that are listed on the IA, the IIA competency, which seems like a missing trick to me. Um, so I think just generally, there may be, um, it's not that individuals aren't motivated to learn new skills. I just think that the current market conditions are not strong enough motivating factors for people to upskill in new ways of doing things. Your response, Jamie? Yeah, so I, I agree with a lot that's been said. I would say um, to to bring in another point, I think that you know, and focus on the points uh, aspect of it. I think you know points came um, came much later, and I think it was an, an early mechanism um, after after CPE became mandatory for many professions because in the in the early days it was not mandatory um, for like the accounting profession in different countries uh, as well. So. Um, once, uh, once the industry has moved towards, you know, points-based, points-based system and, and made it mandatory, I agree that you develop this underlying, call it bad behavior, where you're just collecting points and not really focusing on, on skill development. Um, but like I said, uh, previously in my opening statement, I believe that with the right experts, with the right content and with the right platforms, we can change that. We can change the culture within uh, within our internal audit profession and develop um, skills based training that meets the the requirements and, and meets the the points based system that we that we have today and that I don't really see us getting away from and and that's really my focus um, with uh, CPE.io is really helping um, bring together create a community where. Or experts, you can be a full-time thought leader in internal audit, data analytics, and any any subdomain, um, and, and bring together the practitioners. Um, so that way, we can try to move the needle and and, and develop more skills-based training. You don't have to be a full-time uh, educator. Um, conversely, you know, I've had a long audit, internal audit career. I've I've worked with a lot of experts in particular. Um, in particular fields, there's nothing out there today with um, with the current state of the information and communications technology industry that um, would prevent them from creating training that we all could take benefit um, that we all could benefit from. Nicola, your closing remarks. Um, so I wanted to close with kind of three specific points just to to keep it nice and neat. 
So I think that that the first one in terms of moving the needle, I think we need to accept that the status quo is not working. I think until you accept that the current process of collecting CPE points isn't really leading to the skills that we need as a profession, you can't change. And I think part of that is about seeking more diverse feedback. I think they need to move away from just speaking to the executives and just speaking to um, audit leaders. How about people that have recently left the profession? What do they think? How about people that have been in post for a year? Are they thinking about leaving already? I think there's lots of areas of feedback that the IAA could actually tap into, but they seem to be very restricted to two specific pots of um, feedback. Um, I think the second um, thing that could really change things is if CPE was measured differently. And I think it's definitely beneficial, beneficial to measure how we gain knowledge. So, you know, all of those hours and what you've done and a range of kind of activities. But let's also measure how much practice you've gained. How much time have you actually spent applying these all this amazing knowledge that you've actually gathered? And I also think there should be a clear motivation to really upskill on those missing elements in the competency framework. You know, we, I don't know how many times we can hear that there's IT skills gaps. It is an ongoing thing and it's very clear that we are struggling to recruit. I think the last one is very briefly, the auditors need to be taught to thrive under uncertainty. I think we're, the days are disappearing where we can just use a fixed checklist for all scenarios. I think we need to be taught to thrive when things aren't quite tied down and identify how we can add value with the skills that we already have in uncertain situations. Jamie, your closing remarks? Thank you. I would agree. Our industry needs to rethink um, training and CPE. Uh, to me, the, the two should be synonymous. Whether we're learning uh, about a new concept at a high overview level, or we're developing new skills-based uh, training uh, in, in areas like artificial intelligence or data analytics, we should have the, the process and the platforms in place as a profession to, uh, to make sure that we were able to use that knowledge uh, and, and technical training as, as CPE. I view that as sort of the interim uh, solution towards the, the current state of our industry. I would agree that, you know, from a policy perspective, there's room and opportunity there as well. But even without, um, even without that change, we need to figure out a way to have the great education that's out there and, and, and wrap it uh, in a way that would help it qualify as a CPE. And I'll give a, a good example. People go to YouTube to learn all sorts of things, but it doesn't really qualify as a CPE. And, you know, that's, I think, part of, um, which goes to the part of the problem as far as like what does constitute CPE and, and then what type of training, CPE training people are, are seeking out. They're not really putting in a lot of effort to make sure that the, the, train, the time they spend in training uh, actually does qualify for CPE, and that's um, my area of focus. Thank you so much both for joining the podcast. Great discussion, great points. As usual, I will let the audience decide on who they agree with. Thank you so much again for your participation. Thank you. Thanks, John. It's good to be with you both. <laughs>